It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to you all. My name is Ryan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the woman who puts pathetic in telepathic. Fuck <laughs> 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 it up. <laughs> The woman who puts pathetic in telepathy? No, that doesn't even make sense. Jules, help me out here. Could you help me out with my dumb jokes? Oh, dear. If only you could tell what I was thinking at the moment. Oh, oh don't give up your God. day job, Brian. Yeah, Hello. no kidding. You know what it is? Too much pumpkin pie. When you have pumpkin pie, Jules, something special happens in your brain. Yeah, and it, well. uh, it's the same thing that happens in uh, heroin users. Uh, your do- your dopamine levels go way up and your uh, receptors go off uh, crazy. And that's uh, pumpkin pie for you. Uh, that's a reason we don't eat pumpkin pie in Australia, I'm sure. You um, probably don't have pumpkins there, right? We do have pumpkins, but we oh. have them as a savoury thing. We roast them and make them into soup and uh-huh. Pumpkin we soup is nice, yeah. Don't have them as a sweet thing. We think that's abhorrent and slightly strange. Well, have you had pumpkin pie? I have had pumpkin pie. I've had homemade pumpkin pie. Not uh, a fan. And it was, uh, it was very delicious. It, it took me a little bit of sort of holding down bits of my brain to, to get the fact that it was pumpkin in a pie and it was sweet, but um, it was certainly a good pie. And that was a Canadian pumpkin pile. So. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, uh, so, yes, I give thanks to all the Canadians in my life today. You make my life richer and stranger in many ways. I want to give my thanks to you, Jules, because, you know, you're the best co-host a guy could have. <laughs> I'm the only yeah. one you could have, so... Um, That's true. <laughs> this is true as well. Keep Welcome- doing the heavy lifting, Jules. I'm just going to be on Twitter <laughs> here for a bit, just putting... <laughs> oh dear, at least I have a pretty co-host, there's that to say for you uh, What do we have in news this week? I just wanted to mention, because uh, New York Comic Con's on at the moment There's lots of uh, little bits of news about TV movies and other things But they've just um, previewed some images from Marvel's Daredevil series Which is coming to mm. Netflix next year Showrunner by Stephen Denight Yes, uh, one of... Your and my favourite people, responsible, of course, for the amazing Spartacus, uh, which makes me incredibly excited. I could probably care less about Daredevil otherwise, but add in Stephen tonight and uh, it's on Netflix and anything goes. Right. So I wonder if they will be a little bit more riskier than than Arrow, than Flash, than these sorts of superhero than S.H.I.E.L.D. It would be nice to get something a little bit grittier. And raunchier. Um, Look, I suppose it depends who they're aiming at uh, and who they want their audience to be. So uh, I haven't read enough about, you know, the detail of it to to pick that out so far. So uh, here's hoping. Uh, We have both on uh, cinema screens and TV at the moment a lot of superhero Presence, some more successful than others. We will be talking about Gotham in a few weeks, and if I can wrangle Ryan into watching at least the pilot, maybe The Flash. Um, But, uh, yes, many superheroes around. It would be nice to see what Netflix and uh, Stephen tonight do with Daredevil, which is still recovering from the, was it uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner? Yeah, uh, Batman. Movie? Batman? No, no, but uh, didn't uh, wasn't Ben Affleck da- Daredevil? Yeah, he's also Batman. He's also Batman now, um, once he's um, recovered from uh, Gone Girl. Um, Which you saw and you were, meh. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, it's one of those movies where I don't quite understand why everyone's creaming their pants over it. It's certainly a, a good movie, but it's... Uh, I think probably more interesting than the actual um, 
the movie is the conversations going on around it uh, about what it means and uh, people's different interpretations of it, uh, which is always fascinating to me that people can't accept that you can actually have multiple interpretations of a movie or a TV show. They're not mutually exclusive. It can be all those things, but there's a lot of, you know, it's this, it's that, no, it's the other thing. It's like, well, maybe it's just all those things and it's all but it's an interesting discussion uh and it's a well-made movie um worth seeing just because everyone's talking about it mm-hmm. i should also oh did i mention last week that i'd seen tusk i did didn't i yes i did so i won't go on yes. about that again and i think it's in canada now although it's not playing at any theater near me so no. i'll just have to get it on pay-per-view i guess well i hope you hope you get to see it even though i don't think it's your sort of movie uh anyway that's my news what's your news uh what we talked about last week was a a show called black sales uh which we had watched the first season of turns out stars uh had just renewed it for its third season so i think they're done finishing the second season which starts in january yes it's Um, not been broadcast yet but they've shot it no but they've shot it, and I it must be good because they've signed it to a third season. <laughs> so that's a know. bit surprising. Do you know where it broadcasts in uh, the US? Where it broadcasts? Well, on, on what station? Yeah. Well, it's stars, right? Oh, it is stars. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's stars. good. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty good. We we both quite enjoyed it. So, oh yeah, who knows? Maybe a second season comes back really strong, and uh, it, it definitely has all the ingredients, more than all the ingredients, to make a a really stellar show. Um, I think if they can just iron out a little bit of the writing and and a little bit of the direction it's headed, I think it could be really good, really really good. Right now, it's just really good, but I think it could be really really good. <laughs> And they have a whole three seasons to do that. So, Yeah, look, I'm certainly interested to continue watching it, which um, says a lot given how much TV I'm watching at the moment. Um, you have to be pretty good to keep on my will keep watching list. Uh, so I'll definitely be uh, catching up with the rest of season one anyway. Um, new season of Supernatural started this week. <gasps> yes, I guess you were happy. I was very happy. Very happy to have my show back. Uh, very happy how it came back, and very happy for the uh, season. Uh, I, I mean, I think it is worth mentioning. It's you know opening at its tenth season, which is amazing on television. Very few shows that aren't Law and Order go for more than ten seasons, um, so that's that's an achievement in itself. Given it was the the little show that could for so long, and that we spent many a uh, uh, many a May waiting for the upfronts to hear whether it was going to be uh, dropped or renewed. So um, it's been a long ten years. Um, lovely to see it back, and looking forward to great things for the rest of the season. And apparently the Premiere had 25% more viewers than last year's premiere. So, I mean, the ratings are going up. What show gets more ratings in its 10th season? It's bizarre, but Very thanks for Netflix. <laughs> Supernatural is And TNT, getting... uh, you know, who marathoned a lot, who it's syndicated mm-hmm. on. I know a lot of people who I think it started on TNT about three or four years ago, and that's, you know, the sort of place where people were idly flicking through the channels and there was, you know, half a dozen episodes being played back-to-back on TNT, and, and that's where they, where they found it. But certainly that and, and Netflix means that you can catch up on a, a show that's, you know, ten seasons long. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think you have to watch all ten seasons to get into Supernatural, but power to those people who do. I know uh, a few people that have. Actually, friends of mine that have done since they found out that I was working there have gone back and watched all the episodes in, on Netflix. Wow. Um, I haven't even done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. You should watch it. Um, yeah. Special effects have gone downhill a little bit in the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. um, yes, no, uh, and given it was a show that went to Friday night for a while, um, mm-hmm. it's very good. I'm about to cough, Ryan, so can you uh, chat about what we're going to talk about first? So today we're going to be talking about two shows that are both uh, British in nature, um, but very different. One is Luther, starring Idris Elba. And the other is a series called The Musketeers, uh, which is a BBC show as well. 
which is about, of course, the um, two musketeers. Uh, three musketeers. Now, Jules, you hadn't seen Musketeers before, but you were a fan of Luther. Oh, yes, yes. No, I've been a, a fan of uh, Luther since day one. I think, uh, do you want to start talking about, which one would you like to start with? You go ahead. You Let's talk about uh, Luther. Criminals aren't as smart as they think they are. That was given not on us. Someone as brilliant as you. If you bet on Luther, then you stand or fall with him. I'm not asking for your approval, son. Just your silence. If you think I did this, then you need to demonstrate how and what. One time deal. One time only. I'm not completely sure he expects to walk away from this. The line is easily crossed. Luther, new drama coming soon to BBC One. Okay, so well, I think you and I both uh, both probably discovered Idris Elba through the wire. Would that be right to say? I guess so. Yeah, but I didn't really take notice. I think until this show. I mean, yes. he was amazing in the wire, but yeah. um, I di- I mean, I didn't. Know Everyone he was, British, was amazing on the wire. <laughs> There are a lot yeah, of ma- yeah. Well, there are a lot of amazing actors on the wire, and I think yeah, we. It's no, a, it, it was. I mean, it's a you know, it's a discussion for another day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly enough, he was one of a couple of the lead actors on the wire who were actually English. Um, which, for those who haven't seen The Wire, which is set in um, Baltimore, is so, like, it's probably the most American-American show you've ever seen and so immersed in, in very specific locale and particular culture and patois and uh, all that. So it was actually quite a surprise to find out that he and, and Dominic West, who played the lead, McNulty, were um, were English, which is sort of beside the point. But... Uh, it was. They both come from the same uh, place. Funny so- story. I like <laughs> season two the best. Oh, did you? That is controversial in terms of the wire. It is. Yeah. We must. We may might have to do a favorite or shows from the past one day and talk about that. I only just actually only discovered the wire after it had finished broadcasting. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And it was one of those shows people had uh, railed at me for years and is one of those shows people get incredibly boorish about in terms of, oh, if you love television, you must watch some wire. It's the best thing ever made, which, of course, mm. made me not want to watch it. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, however, I did thoroughly enjoy it. And Idris Elba played Stringer Bell on that, who was one of the drug lords, I suppose, although he played a, a character who was coming at the uh, industry, if you like, from a different uh, way. He was very smart and he educates himself in in business and um, actually really tries to turn, use a lot of business principles in the drug trade, um, including down to how to run the meetings between different drug lords, which was actually a hilarious little bit for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Having proper, you know, like agendas at the... <laughs> the drug lord right. meetings, not played for comedy, but um, hilarious for those of us who do that in real life. Anyway, Idris <laughs> Elba. Idris Elba is hot. I don't care what gender, sexuality, <laughs> or anything else you are, Ryan. You won't yes. disagree with me. That is one big suit full of testosterone, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he's he's a bit like um, we talked about before with a, a couple other people. I thought the guy from Black Sails. I don't know if you agreed with me or not. The the bad pirate guy. <laughs> Um, um, yes, Captain Vane. Yes, uh, or it, we also talked about on Red Road. Um, Jason um, Momoa. Jason Momoa. Oh, who I got to yeah. see recently in the flesh, and in the flesh he was even more. <laughs> like he literally I was in a bar. He, wa- he walked into a bar, and I'm not kidding, you could just feel everyone there, the hair on the back of their neck stand up. Like he is that sort of guy he's just got uh-huh. an incredible presence and incredible sort of sexuality about him and everyone was just like literally there were bartenders you know stopped halfway through pouring a drink you know <laughs> so it was like a scene out of a movie so yes Idris is um Idris is pretty amazing now Luther actually so it's an English series 
And it wasn't wasn't written for Idris Elba, which is pretty amazing when you watch it because it seems uh, he seems to inhabit it, uh, the lead character who is Luther, um, so amazingly. And it's it's written by um, Neil Cross, uh, and there's been it's one of those weird English things where there's been three series with differing numbers of uh, small numbers of episodes in each series. So there were six episodes in the first series, four in the second, and four in the third. Um, which I actually like the fact that they do this because, as we've seen with Sherlock um, and some other shows, you can cram a lot of really good stuff into a couple episodes. Yeah, and look, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you can go balls to the wall with it if you like, and. Um, if it works, as Luther has, uh, and Idris has actually come on board now as a, an EP, I think, um, you know, when it works, it works really well. So yeah. it, the story is quite, uh, what would you say? It's, it's a very familiar story. It's the detective who's, um, you know, a bit of the lone wolf who's uh, incredibly intelligent, who sees some of the, you know, can see the clues that no one else sees, who reads people. He doesn't play by the rules. Doesn't play by the rules. He's a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't follow orders and has a disregard for authority. He marches to the beat of a different drummer. <laughs> Yet everyone respects the fact that he does this. They even, respect the hell out the, of him. Even the same time they're yelling at him, Idris! <laughs> right. Oh, no, Luther! Luther. <laughs> so the the question is, what makes this different than the story we've seen a million times before? And the stories of the, 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 on, the cases he has each episode, and it's usually one or two episodes for a case is your pretty run-of-the-mill psychotic serial killer who um you know weaves his victim's hair into macarame potholders or something <clears throat> so that very exaggerated sort of psycho serial killer trope so the thing is what makes luther different well certainly um certainly idris elba makes <laughs> makes yes, all yeah. the difference here you you have this man who's uh first of all impeccably dressed very nice range of suits he has, but he, mm -hmm. he his ability to portray someone who's, you know, he's gone into <clears throat> policing. He wants to do good in the world. He he wants to be, you know, uh, do the right thing and make the world a better place. But he's actually torn about how to do that, and he wants to be a good man. But the the evil and the horror he sees leads him down a path of you know, moral turpitude where, you know, he makes decisions which are not morally good decisions. And no spoiler here, the, the show starts off sort of in media res with <clears throat> him after a um, child killer who's at this very time got a, got a child held prisoner somewhere, so there's a race against time to save this girl, and he chases this guy into an abandoned warehouse which seemed to litter every city in the world. <laughs> <coughs> And uh, he's trying to find out where the girl is, finds out where the girl is, uh, just as he gets news on the radio that she's been rescued and she's alive, the the um, killer slips and he's hanging by his fingertips and, and Luther can decide whether to, to save him or let him die, and he lets him die. So it really positions from the beginning, you know, that Luther's a guy who not not just struggles as these characters often do but he he has crossed the line uh and so basically that's the story of him struggling with that and coming into it in the second or third episode is a character who's both his his nemesis and part of him almost is Alice Morgan who's a serial killer he comes up against played by Ruth Wilson and she is possibly the most delicious serial killer to ever have been conceived on television mm. and these two have this really bizarre relationship and it's one of course if you've watched things like the following and Hannibal and all that again we've seen the sort of the killer detective relationship before we have never seen it like this um what have you got to I, I I can talk about Luther forever. You say something about Luther now. <laughs> well, you seem to remember it a lot more than I do. Wow, you're filling in blanks that I, I totally forgot about. Um, well, sort of the big hinge point for Luther's character is after this decision he's made to let this guy die is 
people start sort of finding out that he did that and it becomes a bit of an investigation and then people look at him differently that that he's on the hook for this guy's death um and what a bad cop he is and then some people think he's a great cop and it sort of goes back and forth and as the viewer you don't really know if that was the right decision he made or not sort of what i felt so when he gets introduced to the serial killer woman um she starts making a lot more sense to his character i think now i wasn't overly crazy about her i thought she played it a little heavy-handed uh with the crazy craziness um apparently you liked her jewels but to me she seemed a little over the top as far as evil or, or crazy or manic goes um now jules i don't really recall the first couple seasons because i'd watched them a few years ago um the third season was just out a, a couple uh, last year i think yeah um and that one's a little bit fresher in my memory um revolving around a similar sort of thing between what's right and what's wrong in regards to a, a killer Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, And some of the cases are more straightforward, but there's always some line where, and particularly if the the first season actually intersects with uh, Luther's ex-wife, who's now in a relationship uh, with someone else, uh, and his best friend on the force, and and, uh, particularly his best friend on the force... uh, makes morally basically you know was taking bribes and and getting in actually getting involved in robberies and stuff um and and so there's there's comparisons of you know people stepping over lines and the consequences um that has it's saying all that it's not a deep show like this this is no more sort of thinky than anything else it, there's just something about the way it's done and it is in many ways almost um, you know we we're touching on the superhero genre there's almost a bit of that there because these figures are they embrace that they're larger than life so often on these shows they pretend like Hannibal or something everyone around them acts as if they're normal and and these the characters on Luther are sort of larger than life. You know, the serial killer is more beautiful and more cunning and smarter than anyone else, and so is Luther. And the the crimes, uh, as I said, are all these very elaborate and, and um, crimes that go on. But there is a sense of the whole thing of almost being a bit unreal, if you like. Um, so it plays with the form a bit. It, it, on one, on the surface, it really looks like a gritty English cop show, but it's got something more going on beneath it that makes it sort of a, say, a jolly good romp, if you like, violence. <laughs> so, you know, there's some really, in season two, for example, I think it's probably the most violent. There's some really, and not people get shot violence but the sort of close-up there's a scene where luther gets stabbed through the back of the hand and it's done in a way that you feel it and you see it and um it's yucky but at the same time it's sort of over the top because of luther of course just gets up from that and goes on with what he's doing because he's sort of invincible so it's a funny mix it's it's hard to describe because often particularly i think when you're talking about english dramas the things that you emphasize are it's gritty it's realistic it's dark it's whatever this is almost like a you know a good american cop show and an english cop show had a baby i think um it's hmm. yeah i never really thought of it like that it, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Gillian anderson show that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago oh the fall yes um, yes yeah a little bit like the fall in well i mean more than it's just british but also, you seem to almost empathize with the killer a lot of times as well. Oh, yes, and certainly which Alan. Which we, we do quite often here. Yes, and, and in this, um, and I, I can't remember where I, it might have been, I want to, I have watched the show a number of times and the, the various behind-the-scenes specials, and someone described Alice, the serial killer, as Luther's id. And she is really, she's that part of him that would like to not worry about the rules at all because her character doesn't care, and she doesn't care if she gets caught or not. There's no... And there's no complexity about her, whereas um, often with the, you know, American serial killer model, it's always because, you know, mummy, you know, mummy dressed me up as a fluffy bunny and 
you know, daddy abused me or something. And, and then there's all this angst and they play it out. Alice is a serial killer who, you know, she's bright. She went to university at the age of 14 or something. Uh, and she is the pure whatever. The, I never know if it's a psychopath or a sociopath because she doesn't care. She really doesn't care. It's all a game to her. And it's the very opposite of Luther who does these things but angsts over the fact that he does them while continuing to do them. So they make a nice sort of two sides of the the coin. He has all the conscience and she has none of it. And I just think they're dynamic together. The the um, the frisson and chemistry between them is, is just electric. I love because you never know whether one or the other is going to, you know, they're either going to fuck or fuck each other or kill each other and you're never sure what it is. I love that. It's It's a lot like us, isn't it? Um, yes, because quite often I want to kill you, Ryan. Um, quite often I, you know what? <laughs> moving on there. Um, and I do know I do give off that sort of Idris Elba vibe, so I can. Yes, understand. you're very Elba. Like you're like the Australian Idris Elba. <laughs> I, 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 I'm quite happy to wear that. Um, uh-huh. But it really comes down to his charisma, in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it does. You know, and I like it here because he's not. He's very flawed and. It's not like he is the superhero. He he fucks up a lot. I mean, he lies and he cheats people and he gets caught in his lies. Um, I like that about him because I think Idris in, in most stuff, they're going to put him in, he's a bit of a James Bond, can't do no wrong kind of a guy. Yes. Um, so here he is quite flawed and, and, and broken. Uh, and I do, I like that. And I think that he as an actor has fun with that because <coughs> you you can really play up a much bigger character who's trying to protect himself from being shown to be a, a fraud or, or whatnot. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it. it. I really enjoyed watching it when I, when I watched it, but it hasn't really been something that stuck with me terribly over the years, obviously. Okay. Uh, I'm not remembering any of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, did, uh, I did quite enjoy it, and Idris Elba is pretty amazing, actually, as an actor. Yeah, and I think he he does what um, many actors cast in these roles, male actors, don't do, is that you do get the idea with him that he can erupt into violence at any moment. I mean, for all of, in one way you look at him and he sort of often carries himself in this role hunched over a bit, like he feels too big for the world, um, but you never... You know, he also at the same time feels, you know, it's like an elephant that you see that you think, oh, pretty elephant, and then he turns around and, you know, stomps all over you. You just get, there's a, a, a barely contained violence about him um, that I think is part of his attraction probably. Uh, and I think he plays that dangerousness really well without, you know, moustache twirling sort of, uh, you know, uh, he he really feels like a dangerous person in in this role um one of the reasons i think i've come back and i've watched it a few times one is there's not many episodes so (laughs) you can and you can sort of the way it's set up you can sort of go back and watch one story so watch one or two episodes and uh, uh enjoy that and and it's in a strange way, there's a fun about it, and I, I'm, that's probably a sign of mm-hmm. my sickness. The, the hyper violence um, and the unrealness of it, but at the end of the day, it is this relationship between Luther and Alice that I find um, uh, quite quite fascinating. And, and uh, she's only in the third series for for a small part because the actor was off. Uh, Ruth Wilson was off filming something else. Um, but uh, it's fascinating. It's, it's you know barely ten, eleven episodes overall. So um, they are doing another series, although I don't know the timeline on it. I think it no, might... I've heard that they're not doing a they're... fourth. In oh, fact, they're, they're not... talking about doing a movie instead. Okay, I had heard talk of yes. Um, uh, oh, here we go. I'm just uh, catching up. There won't be a fourth. Yes, but they may do a a, a movie. Um, and maybe a TV movie rather than a movie movie. But, look, if they do anything else with it again, I would watch it. I'd Probably at this point I'll watch it. Idris Elba in anything. Um, but now, what if Idris Elba and Jason Momoa were in a movie together? <laughs> I don't. What I would don't, happen? Oh, I don't know. Um, 
having been in a room with Jason Momoa live um, and everyone in the audience uh, basically spontaneously orgasmed at the same time, which you would do if it was spontaneous. No, no, that's... No. Spontaneous doesn't mean at the same time, does it? Um, see, I just get flustered talking about it. That would mm -hmm. be amazing. So Idris needs to guest star on The Red Road. Mm, that would be pretty cool. That would be. Or what if what if Idris Elba was the new James Bond and Jason Momoa was the bad guy? Ooh, ooh, that's very good casting. Uh huh. There, uh huh. And there has been talk. A lot of people have pimped for for Idris as uh, the new James Bond, and um, oh yeah, I could certainly like you know I'm also a bit of a Bond fanatic. Um, I think he would be a. I think no one. I, I, and I'm very much a classic Sean Connery Bond girl. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Idris, like Sean Connery, would have that real sort of hyper masculine danger about him. Um, yeah. So I like Daniel Craig. I liked I like Daniel Craig, um, and I, I have enjoyed the recent movies as well. But. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think Idris would, would be a, a good incarnation. Um, so would Jason Momoa for that. <laughs> no. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he would play a good villain. Whatever, he would Kurdish be a, refugee or something, yeah. He would be a good villain. Um, mm -hmm. I can see him standing up on the back of a dirty Jeep. That's true. That's true. You know, as they drive into, this, into the shot, <laughs> then push to a close-up of Momoa as he takes off his... His sunglasses and then his shirt because it's uh, really hot, yeah. <laughs> really hot. <laughs> Maybe he's shirtless to begin with. <laughs> um, a little bit of trivia Ruth Wilson, who plays um, Alice Morgan in Luther, is currently starring in a new series called The Affair, uh, which started this week or last week, uh, co starring with Dominic West, who was McNulty in The Wire. Oh, that sounds really boring. Um, I love those little bits of trivia. But nice tie-in, though. Nice tie-in. I thought it was. Uh, don't really have any interest in watching The Affair, but I might give it a sneak peek just to see her. Do you um, like her? Yes, I do. Mm. A lot. Okay. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about Luther except uh, go and watch it. It's all on Netflix. Yeah, um, watch it. It's definitely worth watching. Yes. I mean, if you watch the first two episodes, that's pretty much the whole show. Not that that it repeats itself, but it doesn't really change much. After you will, the first two you episodes. you will know twenty minutes into the first episode if this is a show for you. Thanks. Now, here's a show. Uh, the next show that we're going to talk about is called The Musketeers. Yes. Now, for me, this is a show where you need to stay at least three episodes before it really gets good. Agreed. Agreed. So you now, how many have you watched? I think about five or six. Five or six? Okay, so you're not that far. I, I've, I've done eight. Um, what do you think of The Musketeer, the BBC uh, series The Musketeers? Brother? Do you know the way to The Musketeers, Garrison? I have some business to settle on my father's behalf. Fight me or die on your knees! My father raised me on tales of the great heroism of The Musketeers. You would scarcely believe the stories I can tell. He knows the Musketeer motto. Every man for himself. Come on, show, damn you! Run, boy, run. To give my father for I have sinned. Often. I told him that, man. It's these musketeers who will ruin France. We're at the crossroads, D'Artagnan. Don't take the wrong path. What could possibly go wrong? Things were very quiet before you came here, monsieur. I'm sorry, you must miss that. Not for a single second. The Musketeers starts January on BBC One and BBC One HD. Okay, first of all, I have to say I was, I was talking to some friends about this. Who a number of my friends have been watching this as it's as it's aired, have, have um, been raving about it. Um, we we did commonly agree that uh, it was interesting how much of our British and French history we had learned from our knowledge of. The Musketeers, because I don't know about you, but we'd all grown up, uh, we, we'd read the book, we'd seen various... Well, I was going to say, you probably read Alexandra Dumas' book, right? Oh, I, I, and I have a, I have a, a copy of it uh, that's very well thumbed. And that, uh, Did you read it when you were younger? No, or? of course not. What the, it's a fucking book I'm going to read. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hello, you don't become a host of TV Chinwag by reading goddamn books. I did. Well, yeah, but that was before television was invented. No! Oh, shit! Burn! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'd read the book. I mean, there's been different, obviously different incarnations, particularly in the, in the, in the movies uh, over the years. Look, the book is, and there was, there's actually more than one books, but this is a guy who also wrote, um, you know, The Count of Monte Cristo. You know, it's a good adventure book. Um, He also wrote one of the early Robin Hood books, I think, too, which is not often Hmm. known. Um, And, you know... It's all for one and one for all. It's it's sort of the first uh, bromance novel, novel if you like, um, <laughs> but it also has a fantastic uh, female protagonist in Lady De Winter, who's sort of she's she's both a a, a baddie and um, a, a, of whom there are a number of others. But uh, yes, it was funny how uh, a number of us said that we learnt more about history, probably from things like Robin Hood and the Musketeers and. Um, TV shows than we ever did at school. So oh, points sure. to, absolutely. Points absolutely. to the failings of the Australian and probably every other school system. Um, yeah. I'd like to say it points to the benefits of television as education. Exactly. And movies. So, And reading books mm-hmm. occasionally can be a good thing. So do you remember... The TV Guide. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Do you remember reading, uh, uh, seeing movies, Musketeer movies or earlier series? Yeah, I don't, I was never interested. I, I've seen a couple incarna- incarnations and did not give a shit. I don't care about Musketeers. They bore the shit out of me. French history has no interest to me. I don't <laughs> care. I don't ever, I've never wanted to watch a Musketeers movie. I've never enjoyed one that I've seen. <laughs> Okay. Which was weird that I even started watching this. Well, I was going to say, what drew you? <laughs> Did I set this as homework or something? What drew you to watching this show then? I don't know. I just saw it was uh, listed, and uh, I think I probably saw a picture. I'm like, oh, I'll take a look. And I downloaded the first episode and said, wow, this is really well done. So and what, it really is. I mean, so it's, what it's won a you gorgeous, over then? gorgeous what, show. What won, What's that? What won you over? Um, just the way it was filmed, you know, it's beautiful how it's filmed and the actors are cool. I think they're, they're very natural and interesting. You know, I've always found the Musketeers to be overly French or overly brazen (laughs) about stuff. Um, these guys, (laughs) these guys I found uh, interesting. Coming from a country with French as one of its national languages. You don't need to get me started on that. Oh dear. It's you and the Um, Americans. I don't know what you have against the French. (laughs) Ugh, long but, story. Okay, we'll save that for a different <laughs> podcast called Politics. I don't really have anything against the French, but, Yeah. <laughs> Racial um, groups, yeah, we I, hate I, I just no found reason. it, uh, you know, the very interesting characters and, you know, it, it, it was it was like a Robin Hood sort of a theme. Uh, it's a romp. It is a romp. They're swashbuckling and uh, evil cardinal and evil queen and, or, you King know, and... Um, kings and stuff and i I thought it was really good i I enjoyed it um (coughs) what now do you are you yes or are you no oh yes no look i um i had it on my radar but it just had sort of bubbled up uh far enough to for me to watch it and i so i was glad uh, knowing that we were going to review it to dive into it i was made even more aware of it recently because um the evil cardinal richelieu is played by one peter capaldi who is now playing the doctor on doctor who which means he's not back for season two of the musketeers unfortunately um So that had piqued my interest even further. Um, I think I like him in this better than the Doctor. I mean, only... playing the evil, the evil Cardinal. Oh, look, he's wa- he's one, awesome. he's wonderful in this. He's yeah. so deliciously evil <laughs> in this, right? Um, and of course, we have the Musketeers, who are Athos, Aramis, Porthos, and D'Artagnan, um, who get up to all sorts of. Um, uh, what do you say? Uh, things happen. There's, there's obviously there's politics stuff going on at the time, and uh, the, the tensions between with uh, England and France and the skullduggery. Uh, so there's often reason for them to be um, getting their swords out and fighting. Um, as you said, it 
the first three episodes I was thinking, oh, I don't know about this. It feels very sort of, it's an ensemble. I don't know any of these characters. I don't know if I care about them. And then from then on, you start to actually get to know the backstory of the characters uh, and and they start to just, you know, distinguish themselves from each other and the story starts to develop. So it's definitely, you'll know in the first episode if you sort of like it, but you really need to get to episode, you know, four and five to go, oh, okay, it's actually a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's some really great writing. The filming is just gorgeous. The costumes are just outrageously beautiful. Yes. Um, I love the look of them. Um, even the Cardinal with his weird leather outfit, whatever it is, <laughs> it's just so gorgeous. Um, it seems period correct to me. I, I mean, nothing's really sticking out that's like, well, that doesn't belong in the 1600s. Um, you know, everyone's... Even the the, character, the musketeers all have mullets. Have you noticed that? <laughs> they all have a bit of a mullet hairdo. Um, you know, it's British, so everyone's got an English accent instead of a French accent, which is whatever. Well, um, they'd be speaking French but, if they were being true to uh, yeah, to, to exactly. the story. So um, it's it's actually filmed in Prague. I don't know if you knew that in the Czech no, Republic. I didn't. Yeah, they decided to film it down there. Um, Prague wasn't hit very bad during the war, so they still have a lot of really old architecture. Okay. Old uh, yeah, I'd assumed it was actually filmed in, in either France or um, somewhere in England, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, And it's it's just gorgeous. Uh, the visual effects are very, very good. Um, I, 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 quite, I quite liked it. And, uh, the characters are widely drawn enough that they're interesting um and like you said you don't really start to get to know them until the fourth or fifth episode but by then they start becoming unique characters instead of just the broad musketeer characters um which were great there's a a really great episode that happens uh a little bit later i think it's the eighth one uh which is all about um, women learning schooling and learning and um the church holding down women from learning and burning people on pyres and things like this, which was really good, uh, very poignant. Um, well, I think it uh, also, pe- even um, earlier, I think episode three or four, it touches on, so um, Athos is uh, the son of a freed slave uh, from Africa, and so it touches on the issue of, of slavery at the time, and I think by taking, um, by going beyond just the, uh, you know, immediate, you know, Louis Thirteenth sort of, uh, and actually getting into the, the social mores and issues of the times, it gives it a, a sort of an extra layer too. I mean, and obviously they're talking about, you know, the position of women at the time, so it's not just that Lady de Winter can ride around and, you know, do what she likes. That's not life for everyone because the first few women we meet are all obviously very upper class and um, although life's not, you know, all full of uh, wine and roses for them, it's it's not as hard as it is for a lot of people. Um, but uh, I think all the acting's good. I didn't really know uh, other than Capaldi any of the actors, but um, I think they all do a no, good job. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I believe they're attractive, according to some people I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Pretty boys in puffy shirts, I think, was uh, <laughs> how it was described by one friend of mine. So it's got eye candy of both uh, um, uh, to, to please just about everyone, I think. Um, and it's overall, though, it, you know, it's a light watch. You know, this is not... Uh, not anything that's going to, you know, stretch you too much, but it's um enjoyable adventure. Yeah, and I would say it gets very good. Uh, some of the early criticisms were that it took itself not serious enough, that it was a bit of a, a, farce, a farcical kind of show. I didn't really notice that, but that was definitely gone by the third episode. Yeah. Um, well, it mean, doesn't I- take itself overly <laughs> serious. We're not talking Game of Thrones here, but... We're certainly not looking at a, a Xena or, or anything like that. Oh, now, don't you go dropping bad things about Xena or we will have a fight. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, it's well known that Xena's pretty terrible. No, it's not. It's brilliant. Um, I think that that's pretty much common but, knowledge at this point. But Xena was, was also... Everyone can agree. ...broad comedy as well. This is not aiming well, to Well, I be- don't like to use the word broad. That's a bit... 
It's sexist, okay. Uh, it was chick comedy then. Um, <laughs> vagina comedy? Is that better? Um, <laughs> Well, I will school you on Xena in another day. But um, no, look, this is it's it's a drama, if you like. But it, yeah, it's um, it's probably a bit lighter than Black Sails that we talked about last week. But it's still uh, not much. Not I, wouldn't, much. I wouldn't say it's too far off. No, no, it's it's um, it's in a similar. Black Sails had some pretty funny scenes in it. We didn't talk about it, but you remember that scene where. There, he's watching the guys in the alley, and one guy is forging a painting for the oh, other guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's like, "What? What the hell's wrong with you?" He's like, so, just that looks gotta, nothing we, like we, that. He's like, "Well, we've got to set it up. You got fruit. You got fruit. You got a moon. You got a moon." <laughs> <laughs> so there's a really bad painting in the original master or whatever. And yes, that was that was hilarious. Um, no, it certainly was. And no, you're right. They're probably very close in um, uh, in genre in. In that way, so yes, there are certainly the serious and dark moments, and then there are the you know it's a good adventure show. I, I don't know mm-hmm. that we really have a name for the genre that these sort of shows um, fit into. Uh, it's something stars as <coughs> um, certainly uh, broadly could probably fit even Spartacus into the genre, although it, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of in a world of its own. But um, uh, a good watch. Um, a swashbuckling show for all the family. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think there's anything over the top uh, objectionable about it. It's uh, definitely worth watching. I, I I quite enjoyed it. And if you like um, beautiful cinematography and beautiful costumes and beautiful set design, this is so great. I mean, this puts. You know, even things like Game of Thrones, this really challenges that. Black Sails is, is similar. I mean, the set pieces and, and everything is just so immaculate. I mean, I think really, that's really beautiful. the difference we're seeing. These are the sort of shows, and I particularly think of some of the older BBC shows, uh, even more recently Merlin, but previously various incarnations of Robin Hood and things. Um, the game's really been lifted in terms of what these shows look like. Um, it, it, you, you can't just film in a wood somewhere and that has to be good enough. I mean, these things, the, the visual depth... Uh, you know, in terms of everything from set deck to the CGI to the cinematography, is is really a world above what you would have even found a decade ago, um, and that's that's to be applauded because it certainly um, helps you buy into the show uh, and into that world a lot more. Like you certainly believe a lot more that you're in this time and not just filming out the back of someone's farmhouse. Yes, yeah, that, and I think that makes a huge difference, it, especially filming in the Czech Republic, where they're going to have access to, probably going to have access to things that may, you may have never seen on film before. You know, some of these castles, like some of these rooms oh, yes. where, um, you know, they're immaculate ceilings with frescoes, and um, they're huge, giant rooms that are obviously in a castle, and they just look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and they've shot them really well, like... Um, there's a scene in the in the eighth episode where they're sort of standing in, I, I'm not sure what room, there's a library or something, there's books on the outside, and they shot it from a really low angle, and it's a super wide lens. So we're talking anamorphically wide, you're getting, you know, the people that are standing 20 feet away are, you know, only half of a frame kind of size. So they're using a super wide, like, 8 millimeter lens, which you would never normally see, mm-hmm. but they're capturing the enormity and grandeur of this room and it's really it, it's a bit chancy on the f- cinematographer's stance because it's not that pretty in the form of a crystal clear lens like if you actually look at that sure. shot um you know the actor's faces are actually a little bit fuzzy and they're a little bit not out of focus but a little bit soft um because of of how wide this lens is um but it just captures the scale and the and the beauty of the room so nicely um that I'm really glad that they did that and, and it's 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 filmmaking like that that makes things exciting to watch and yeah. really gives some beautiful look to uh, to these period style pieces yeah so definitely you'll enjoy watching it just from the visual feast side of things as well as it being a good tale. And look, I 
I'm really pleased that we're getting more of these series of Black Sails and um, uh, Musketeers because, you know, sometimes TV can feel weighed down by, you know, police procedurals and or medical shows or these days um, superhero shows. Um, and, and I think, you know, I'm glad it's a genre that's sort of having a bit of a, a resurgence at the moment because... Um, well, they're, they're classic a, stories, aren't they're they? They're classic stories. It's imaginative. It's also, you know, I'd, I'd use the parallel, it's like science fiction in a way that it's a world we're not familiar with. So they have to go the trouble of building the world uh, in terms of, you know, both the look of it but also how people behave. And, of course, you know, it's not a documentary. It doesn't have to be, you know, 100%. Um, even Rain on the CW, which is a world away, in a, you know, from this in, in many ways, still does that. And, and, you know, I like anything that transports you into another world and, and if this leads anyone to go, oh, I might read the book, um, that, that would be amazing because Alexandra Dumas was uh, – uh, an incredible author who, you know, I think anyone who writes tales that, you know, 400 years later, you know, people are, well, nearly 500 years later, people are still, you know, retelling is, is a pretty amazing thing. Um, one thing a lot of people don't know about him is that he was also mixed race. His, um, I think his, uh, it was his grandmother or grandfather was a Haitian slave. Um, mm. And so, you know, he, he was he was a black man in Paris writing. So, you know, incredibly interesting yeah, person in himself. So I'm glad to see that they sort of reflected that in, uh, in the character of Athos mm -hmm. this, this time. But um, That's cool, yeah. Uh, get on and watch The Musketeers. It's been renewed for another season. Um, they'll be replacing Ke Peter Capaldi, as I said, because he's off um, travelling in time and space. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. <clears throat> I'm sure they will. Um, I don't know whether they're going to recast Cardinal Richelieu, who's a reasonably central character to the tale, or they'll just shift focus and, and bring someone else in. Um, they can do what they like because it's television. I don't know why Peter Capelli can't just be there. If he's, you know, a time doctor, he should be able to be anywhere he wants. Oh, uh, yes, but he's working for Stephen Moffat, who probably makes him work across all dimensions at once. Seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and um, what are we going to be talking about next week, Ryan? Oh, God. Oh, well, you uh, insisted that we talk about Scorpion, which is the absolutely shit-terrific um, <laughs> new show on CBS, ABC, one of those two shit-terrific networks. Um, and then uh, we'll also be talking about the... Just at the other blessedly, end of the spectrum. The blessedly wonderful Orange is the New Black. <laughs> I think you can probably see where my review is going to be headed and what slant is going to be taken on there. Um so, Orange is the New Black is something we've wanted to review for a long time. So, we're finally getting around to that one. So, we'll have lots of time to talk about it because we won't have to talk about the other one at all. <laughs> um, I haven't watched the pilot of Scorpion yet, so I am thrilled, oh, yeah, yeah. thrilled. I might go right now and um, have some alcohol and watch it because it sounds like one I might need a drink for. Um and I will look forward to it. Look forward to talking to you next week. Remember, you can catch us either on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Leave us a review. Drop us a tweet at, at tvchinwag.com so we can look up your review. Read it out online with a funny voice. Yeah, my voice. It's not that funny. but uh, I no. can do really bad accents. I could do that. Uh, so can I. Okay, I could do a worse accent than you can. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. Please leave us comments um, or tweet us comments and uh, we will read them out in our worst bad accent. Uh -huh. That sounds like a fun one. It will be. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you, Jules. We'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com. Or follow on Twitter at TV Chinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag. <laughs> <laughs>